Jason Madden's got the set. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a he-man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. G'day, Maddie, and g'day, Australia, and in fact, the world over the World Wide Web. This is your football life, courtesy of Tobin Brothers Celebrating Life. And today, again, we're celebrating the football life of a man who was a star. He's a star both on and off the field, but my goodness me, couldn't he play the game that I affectionately call the air conveyance transportation. And the VFL-AFL is a wonderful Australian game, and thousands of men have played the game at this, the highest level. Some play and move on, others have more of an impact. And a select few make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. Such, folks, is the case with today's guest and Bradley Sewell, Hawthorne star, this is your football life, my friend. Rex, thank you very much for the uh, introduction. I'm very flattered. Well, you should be, but just uh, be a bit nervous because I've got a couple of questions. No, no, I'm not going to bring <laughs> anything of that. Now, listen, uh, 200 games for the Hawks between 203-214. Twice a premiership yep. player. Unlucky not to have more medallions, but let's be happy with two. Hawthorne B&F in 2007, which was a marvellous year. As a kid, you know, when you came down, did you ever, ever in your wildest expectations think, goodness me, I've done okay? Nah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely not. To have, uh, to have walked away from the game with, uh, with some of which you just read out then, oh. Rex. Uh, any, I mean, it's almost, it, it is almost gone while you while the streams. Um you know, I think growing up, every kid would mention, you know, playing 100 games, probably playing one game of AFL footy um, to win a premiership. To, but to have been involved in three and, and to have walked away with two, um, it, uh, yeah, it is. I think once you're out of the game, you can sit back a little bit more and appreciate it. Brad Sewell is a star. He's on This Is Your Football Life, courtesy of Tobin Brothers, around the nation and the world today, and thanks for joining us, folks. Brad, what's your earliest memory as a kid of having a kick of the footy? Uh, earliest memory would be the 90, a 92 grand final, I think. Um, I grew up playing, uh, barracking for West Coast, funnily enough. They're always on TV watching, you know, growing up in Ballarat, but they're always on TV watching, uh, watching on a Sunday. And yeah. uh, my memory would be going out at half-time and running around pretending I was Peter Matera. Go on. Bouncing the ball and uh, kicking, kicking long, long goals. Uh, none of which I could do during my actual career. But uh, Isn't it lovely to dream? Um, yes, it certainly is. But, Did uh, you have any... Uh, yeah, Peter Matera was yeah. always my favourite. You played with your brothers Adam and Brad at Newland Footy Club. And uh, for those people listening yep. who listen to me fishing show, they know there's some beautiful redfin going there at the moment in, yeah. the, uh, in the lake. And it's a beautiful, beautiful water. But back to the footy. Did you, like a lot of our stars that we interview on This Is Your Footy Life, were you shocked that some of the kids who stood out as kids never went any further? And, and why do you think that's so, Bradley Sewell? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we had a, had a lot of you know, really gun juniors, I guess, growing up and, and playing with and playing against them for one reason or another. Um, maybe they didn't grow. Uh, you know, they were really big juniors and they sort of didn't mature any, any, any more than that. Um, but I think that's always the case. Everyone sort of matures at a yeah. different rate. And um, I was 
I was a big kid. I was a sort of well-developed, strong kid growing up, and uh, but I guess uh, managed to sort of progress through that. And, and skills weren't great, so I spent a lot of time once I got down to Hawthorne in um, in, uh, in working hard at getting that better. Yeah, on the way, uh, you played in the TAC Cup, which is men's yep. football. Now, make no mistake, but I played in under-19s football when I played a long, long time ago. Uh, it's back in the last century, so it sounds old, doesn't it? Um, but but it was men's football. Did you find playing for North Ballarat that the TAC really set you up for what was ahead of you, particularly in pressure at the contest, yeah. Brad? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were lucky. We had a really good group that uh, we went through with. We played two finals in, in my top age year. So... I mean, that exposure to a high level of football in regards to pressure is, is pretty important, I think. Um, and then I guess I was, I was really lucky um, that I had a senior coach that, uh, at, the, at the Rebels at North Ballarat that was prepared to back me in and, and sort of push me up yeah. to Hawthorne in particular, um, which, which ultimately gave me, gave me a chance. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, arriving at Glen Ferry Oval. I think the 2002 season saw you taking... Oh, six or seven pick in the 2003 rookie draft. Yep. Yep. Uh, tell us how you got to Glen Ferry Oval. Uh, did, did you actually expect there because of your coach sort of pushing that way or was it, wasn't it it so clean cut? No, that's very much the case. Um, I never expected to get drafted. I was always hopeful of being a rookie somewhere. And fortunately, my uh, under-18s coach was Anthony Rock and he not long left Hawthorne, yeah. um, having played a couple of years there after a decorated career at North Melbourne. And uh, he obviously saw something that he liked in me and pushed me up quite a bit to John Turnbull, who was the recruiting manager for Hawthorne at the time. Mm. And off the back of that alone, um, I was given a chance to, to train with Hawthorne during a pre-season, um, which ultimately led to selection in the rookie draft. So mm. you, know, you could almost argue that, I, uh, that um, I'm in debt to, to Rocky for almost my, most of my career, just about. Yeah, uh- Bradley Sewell played 200 games for Hawthorne, twice premiership player, Hawthorne best and fairest, an absolute star of the game. Has confidence and self-belief always been within you or for the young people listening out there, can you actually acquire it by playing with people who are better than yourself? Uh, yeah, a bit of both, I think, Rex. I'd always had a lot of self-belief, I guess. I was, new, I was well aware of my strengths and weaknesses and, uh, and knew very much where they lied. So um, I, I guess it was a matter of being prepared to do things that other players my age weren't prepared to do in terms of preparation and ensuring that I was right to play in professionalism and I guess giving myself the greatest chance possible. But fortunately, coming through at that young age, particularly uh, at Hawthorne, um, there were some really strong characters in that group that were equally driven um, in regards to excellence expectations, which allowed us to sort of push each other all along. And who are some of those, Brad? Uh, guys like uh, Chance Bateman, um, Richie Vandenberg was a little bit older. He was a captain. Yeah. Sam Mitchell, um, Hodgie was a little bit different. He was um, uh, you know, supremely talented and skillful. Uh, Campbell Brown certainly worked hard, um, you know, on and off the track in terms of his preparation and his professionalism. So. We had a core group there that could sort of push each other along. It rubs off on you, doesn't it? it, it like yeah, success it breeds success. I know it's sort of yeah. corny. Uh, your first year under Peter Swab, you probably say, gee, Peter, another year and he could have been where the great Al, uh, Al Clarkson is. But uh, <laughs> uh, tell us about your first year with Swabby because 
he is a celebrated premiership player of the club and uh, he was just doing what every boy dreams of, you know, coaching the club that they played for. Yeah, I mean, I don't have, being that young, um, I don't have great recollection of, of Shobby. I was a rookie listed player, so I played most of the, all of the year at, uh, at Box Hill and was never in contention to, to actually get a game. But, um, you know, it was a really tough year for the club that year. Shobby sort of saw three quarters of the season and then uh, got the tap on the shoulder and Donald McDonald then came in and, uh, and took his place. Yeah. Um, and for one reason or another, you know, things didn't work out for for Donald that year. And then, of course, Alistair Clarkson came in that following year. And um, as I say, Rex, the rest is history. Yeah, it is. And we're talking to Bradley Sewell. And this is your football life on behalf of Tobin Brothers. And the first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne 80 years ago. And these days, it's home to their head office and chapel. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family and is a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Uh, Bradley Sewell, it's, it's great to have you on board. Uh, the next year, Alistair Clarkson arrived at Hawthorne and success was not immediate, was it? No, far from it. Far from it. He... Um changed the list considerably in that first year and had to uh, move on some, you know, some celebrated and decorated players of the football club, which he deemed or he determined weren't going to be part of our next premiership. So I made a couple of tough calls on some senior players um, and then started bringing in a, you know, a really exciting young crop of, of players. But uh, culturally, I guess, uh, behaviour and standards weren't where they needed to be. And uh, Clark had to come in and sort of really shake the place up a little bit to, yeah. to get it to where he thought it needed to be uh, to give ourselves a chance of success. Brad Sewell, uh, I've got to get this, this question right. I hope it doesn't sound the wrong way, but to my mind, you were similar to a lot of players who have become stars. It just wasn't natural. It just didn't come to you like some gift, no. like Field of Dreams. And my goodness gracious me, you burnt the midnight all under those floodlights and did a lot of running when other blokes were laying on the beach, you know, watching the garbage. <laughs> There's certainly a bit of that. Um, yeah, I guess as I said earlier, I, I knew what I could and couldn't do and what my strengths and weaknesses were. So, um, yeah, I was, had some huge deficiencies. So, I guess in terms of you know, being an AFL player, which is what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be, it took you know, a long, long time and, and probably much more work than what uh, a lot of others were either doing or prepared to do to ensure that I gave myself a chance. Relays, we're going to take a break on This Is Your Football Life with Bradley Sewell. 200 games, dual premiership, best and fairest at one of the great clubs of our history, considering they didn't win one since 1961. They've dominated along the line. And you can check us out on Twitter at Rex Footy Life, and This Is Your Football Life is brought to you with uh, kindest regards of Tobin Brothers Funerals. And on the other side of this, with Bradley Sewell, we talk what it's all about, and that's premierships. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Yeah, and let's hope uh, not too many more of us go to the Tobin Brothers with the shocking news of the passing of uh, Paul Couch a few weeks ago. It's rocked the footy world, but it's also said you're going to be as fit as a fiddle riding your bike and things can still happen. So perhaps those things that annoy you are not so important. What's important is celebrating your life 
and your achievements, and that's what we're doing today with Brad Sewell. Uh, very sad about Paul Couch. You would have been a young boy absolutely looking at this marvellous centre man, that left foot kicking it to Yablet. It was a great time for Geelong to have the man from Boggy Creek right in the middle of the ground there, uh, Bradley. Yeah, and well, you don't think combinations as good as what the Couch and Ablett were. And um, yeah, you're right, Rex. It, uh, it certainly took my breath away when I read the news about uh, about his passing, just that terrible news, and, and such a young age, and, and oddly enough, on a, on a bike. You know, presumably a reasonably fit man to be out doing that. And uh, yeah. I guess when your time's up, your time's up. Brad, what's, what's your clear memories of 2008? Um, Geelong were as hot, as hot at hot as favourites. And of course, a lot of people, particularly Ron Barassi once taught me, you know what I mean, the hotter they are, the easier it is to cool them down. Uh, yeah. Everyone thought Geelong were home, but you blokes weren't having a bar of it. Yeah, it's my recollection of that time, Rex, is, um, yeah, you're right, nobody gave us a chance. And the only belief or the only people that gave you know, Hawthorne any chance on that day were probably the, you know, the 22 players out there and the coaches and the sports staff. And, um, and fortunately for us, that's all that matters. And we, we just sort of just hung in there, I think. Geelong um, had their opportunities particularly early and, and didn't capitalise, which allowed us to keep on grinding away, which is what we'd been doing for the, you know, the past four to six weeks earlier. And uh, everybody's confidence was up and um, they allowed us to, to keep on keep on churning, keep on rolling, and then sort of managed to kick away there um, sort of in, the, in that last quarter. Fair enough. Bradley Sewell, 200 games, dual premiership, best and fairest at one of the greatest clubs that we've ever seen. Uh, what what was the emotions? Uh, you know, I could I could just see the emotions on Geelong because since 1961, they hadn't had a flag. This was going to be theirs. And it was just something that got away. You know, Gary Ablett in tears and, and the rest of them yep. just absolutely distraught. But such a young group. Uh, it must have been just a fantastic place to be on the MCG when they let those streamers go. I've still, I've still got photos today, Rex, and the look on my face I haven't seen anywhere at any time um, <laughs> than what it was like uh, oh. after the siren went uh, on that day. But, um, you know, such a, such a young group, and um, it caught us, not to say that it caught us by surprise, but um, it was just a, just a phenomenal feeling. I don't think our families even gave us a chance. So, so to, to have shared it with them after uh, you know, after the game, the lap of honour, and um, it's just uh, it is, it's phenomenal. All of the hard work, you know, from years and years and years yeah. gone by, from you know, from a twelve-year-old, make it all worthwhile. There's been a few of us who have uh, been to the highest level and done okay on that last Saturday in September, mm-hmm. and the next year haven't played in the finals. And you were such a team in 2009, yeah. uh, Brad. What, what do you reckon happened? Yeah, well, I think we actually—I think it genuinely did catch us by surprise, given that we were such a young side and we experienced the ultimate success so quickly. We sort of forgot what got us there. I think we—a few of the little things started to slide a little bit. A young group, we all got a little bit cocky and um, we were pretty happy with ourselves there for a while. And um, you know, the the game overtook us and, and left us behind. And yeah. it took us three or four years again to get back to the level that we knew we were capable of. Uh, 2012, you had another shot. Uh, Sydney mm-hmm. uh, Sydney fixed you up. Uh, you were the Hawks' best, but uh, I suppose bittersweet, is it? It's uh, you know, like winning a Norm Smith when you, when you lose a grand final. It's all about team performance, but it uh, must have been sort of, sort of, 
satisfying to have played so well on the most important day of the year? It is. It is very much bittersweet. Um, that there's, there's no. Not to say there's no satisfaction in in playing well in a losing grand final because you'd prefer to go the other way and not have a touch at all and be part of a winning team. Um, but it was completely gut wrenching to have to have gotten so close on that day and then uh, it was a really tight game and and um, Malcheski I think it was kicked a couple of pretty yeah. special goals late in the game to yeah, did. to uh, to pinch it from us and I. I it's funny because statistically we were we'd actually won the game. Besides the one statistic that counts more than anything else, the score, the scoreboard. So yeah. it, was, it was a it was a funny game, it was a polarising game. But uh, at the end of the day, Sydney won, and yeah. um, and uh, there's not a second thought given to the runners up. I thought personally, you know, it's a long time ago that it's not easier, but but you've got more to play for if you come off a shock loss in uh, Premiership the year before. And, uh, you know, we did that at Richmond uh, in 1973, and I don't Carlton had a chance. You blokes yep. won it in 2013. You reckon mm. no one would have beat you that year? Uh, no, I don't think anyone's going to beat us that year. Um, because we were so affected, I guess, by that loss in 2012, mm. that uh, it would have, would have taken a pretty sort of... pretty special side to have gotten over us that year. And... Um, uh, yeah, we sort of uh, managed to, to take it out in uh, what was that 2013. The the, um, the the common denominator, Brad Sewell, in in sport at the highest level throughout the globe is that you got to love winning, you know, to really yep. give it your best shot. But also in brackets, they say you got to hate losing more. Does does that ring yeah. true with you with you and the group oh, that completely. you had there? That that you just well, despise we... being beaten. Completely. I mean, we and put so much effort into these things and. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, to have lost of the year before. And we've got a, you know, we had a pretty special group in terms of you know, the personnel, their competitiveness, their, their drive, and um, there's some egos to a lesser extent, but just that the, the, the inability to accept defeat, inability to accept losing. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't see it. I, there's no way we, were going, we weren't going to win it that year. Yeah, well, you got your second premiership in 2014. You know, bittersweet again. How mm-hmm. tough was it to watch the guys win the first of their three-peat in 2000, uh, the, the second of their three-peat mm. in 2014 when, how tough was it sitting up there when, when you just thought, goodness me, I should be out there? <laughs> yeah, again, again, mixed feelings. Um, yeah. You certainly, without doubt, you certainly wished, you know, you'd prefer to be out there than to be watching, but it's kind of a, it's a funny place because you see your best mates out there doing so well and it was, it was yeah you know, we we smashed them that day we yeah. um, we won won quite convincingly so so it was it was sort of hard you couldn't not enjoy it you could not feel proud for your teammates to be out there winning in such convincing fashion yeah of course you feel like you're missing out uh, as well so there's um there's that uh, yeah as you said that bittersweet feeling there too so it was a tap on the shoulder and you agreed and said yeah fair enough well if you reckon I'm gone uh, and I reckon I'm going <laughs> yeah. okay well we don't agree but uh, you retired but. You revealed uh, not long after that, a month after you retired, you had a pretty decent offer from Collingwood. And uh, how seriously did you think about that? Yeah, I think it, you always consider these options, and, and that was certainly one that I'd considered. And, um, uh, yeah, it was something I'd, I'd thought about uh, to a certain extent, but it had to sort of all fit in with with my direction and where I was going with things. And 
um, and how comfortable I was going to be at Collingwood and how comfortable they were going to be to have in having me there. So um, I had a chat to a lot of different people and um, for one reason or another decided to, to let it slide. And um, I think it was probably a pretty good decision for all parties. It gave Collingwood a chance to blood some of the youngsters and yeah. that allowed me to move on and, and do a few other things. Exactly. We'll talk about that in a moment. I have uh, every now and again when uh, people are comfortable with what I'm asking, I have uh, a lifetime in 60 seconds with the big fella Rex. And I just want to tell, want you to tell our listeners right throughout the nation and the world what first comes into your mind. Bradley okay. Sewell, my absolute favourite food is? Uh, braised beef chick. What? What is it? Bra- bra- it's a braised beef chick, it's called. Braised it's a, camel um, cheek. Something, exactly. All right, beef cheek. All right, I'll go and get some of them. It'll That's be like hummingbird good. tongues and rooster's tongues. Here we go. Brad Sewell, when I get around to it, I will. Oh, I will uh, clean out the spare room. <laughs> hey, mate, uh, I was 67 a few weeks ago and I still haven't cleaned out mine, mate. My <laughs> mother told me to clean it up in 1948. <laughs> well, there you go. It's Brad Sewell, if I could be anyone or anything anywhere in the world, I would be. Oh, Steph Curry at the moment. All right. And, uh, his basketball is just uh, he's, on oh, fire. he's just absolutely red hot. Brad Sewell, my all-time favourite movie is. Remember the Titans. What? And if I had a million dollars to spend in just one day, I would buy. Whoa! Um, what would I buy? I'd buy a million dollars worth of beef cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wouldn't buy that. I don't know. I'd go. I'd, I'd buy. I'd buy an experience. I'd go. I don't know. Just get someone this. to drop me on top of Mount Everest. Drop you on Mount Everest. Well, we can organise that. We get Lindsay Fox with his helicopter pumped Perfect. up. And the final one of the 60 seconds, Brad Sewell. To my mind, the greatest Australian foot, rules footballer of all time is. Ooh, um, Lee Matthews. Magnificent, and not a lot of people arguing. Our time no. together is almost up. What are you doing in the personal life, uh, Brad, and uh, how have you just accepted life after footy? Yeah, so at the moment, Rex, I'm sort of doing a few different things, one of which is uh, I'm studying. I'm finishing, finishing a Master's of Business at the moment. The other is um, I've opened a football college in North Melbourne. Wow. Um, which, is going, which is going really well. We started a couple of weeks ago. Um, so for school leavers to further their education and get a football yeah. education as well, I'm doing some work at a not-for-profit called Ladder, which is uh, addressing issues for youth homelessness. Okay, you knew there had to be one, and you got a, you got no time to think about it. And uh, Matthew Lloyd, uh, it was a big story <laughs> when uh, you actually uh, hit your head on his elbow. Have you seen Lloydy since, and and is it all over? And 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 that was then, and this is now. Yeah, no, I've bumped into him a number of times, um, and yeah, no, very much, uh, very much got got over that as soon as my face healed. But, uh, <laughs> no, not, not an issue at all. It's been a joy to talk to you. I've worked with you on AFL Live, and I've enjoyed mm-hmm. the insight that you give to the game, and. Uh, I'm sure you've never heard anything like me again, but anyhow, that, uh, when I'm when I'm at the Taven Brothers, mate, they'll uh, they might just play a bit, and then everyone will be actually saying, "God, it's good he that he's gone, right. mate." So, 200 uh, games, two luck. premierships, Hawthorne Best and Ferris, good guy, Brad Sewell. This has been your football life. Thanks very much, Rex.
Fantastic to speak to Brad Sewell. This is your Football Life for Toman Brothers Funerals. Celebrating Lives.